Father, I thank you for this man of wisdom and humility. Lord, I thank you for this voice of truth to so many. Lord, and for the word that you have placed on his heart for this morning. God, I ask that as a congregation, you would give us ears to hear, that you would give us open hearts to receive everything that you've placed with John. God, I just ask for your peace to be upon him. Lord, that everything on his heart would come forth from him. Lord, I just ask that as he opens his mouth, you would fill it by your spirit with the right words at the right time. Lord, I thank you that he is anointed to preach good news. So, Lord, we look with expectation and hunger to what you would share through John, your willing servant today. Lord, bless him, cause your face to shine upon him and give him peace that surpasses understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. That's great. Thank you. Great. Are we all all right? Okay, good. Okay, right. I'm going to be a bit. Um, I'm going to be a bit pushy. Everybody, all right with that? <laughs> Five should be good. Okay. Um, I, I think I speak on behalf of all the guys who, who speak and preach here. Um, we do it for one reason only. We do it to honour God, and that you, okay, would get something out of what we bring that will change your life to reflect more of Jesus Christ. Can I just have an amen? Okay, so I'm preaching on my hero of the faith, which is Nehemiah. I've got a, probably a 16-week series on him because I've been, I've been empowered by him for 20 odd years. So we're not. It's all right. We, we won't go do that today. Um, there's some stuff in here that has really, really affected me over my life. It has spoken into me. I'm going to believe here, okay, that there is going to be at least one thing that that is going to come from what I speak, okay, that you, okay, say me, okay. You're going to take it, okay, and you're going to do something with it as we go from this place today. Is that okay? Now, I'm going to risk it here. Um, I would like everybody, if you could, um, in your phone, you will have a place that you can do notes. Everybody got something like that? I'm going to risk it. I'm going to ask you to get out. Now, listen, okay. Uh, if you see a f- somebody on Facebook next to you, can we all be okay to be nudged to not do Facebook for the next 20 minutes? If you get any text, it'll wait till 5 past 12. Unless you're running the country, you should be able to do 25 minutes without any social media. Everybody okay with this? And I'm going to believe that in the next 25 minutes, you are going to get something from God that's going to, you're going to write it down, okay, and you're going to go and do something with it. Everybody okay with this? Okay, because this is why we bring the word, all right? We bring it because we want it to do something, all right? And at the end, we're going to do, we're going to do a quiz and find out who took anything away. No, we're not. Okay, but we're going to see where you are. So, Nehemiah, okay, he is my hero of the faith. Of all the things that I was given, when I heard that I could preach on who I wanted to, I was straight in, I was back with an email, nobody take Nehemiah, he's mine, okay? So he's my hero of the faith. As you will see, yeah, it's massive, it's a fantastic part of the Bible, it speaks so much. So, we're going to go through some stuff. So, Nehemiah, okay, um, the background was that Jerusalem had been the crown, uh, yeah, it'd been the the crown of the Jewish nation. Um, But this city, the walls had broken down, the city was in ruin, the Jewish laws were no longer in place, the the community cohesion had broken down. You could say that the kingdom of God, the rule of God had been lost. The people had turned away from God and they were suffering the consequences of moving away from God. And Nehemiah was moved by the plight of the people and the need for the restoration of the kingdom of God. 
So, this is the report that Nehemiah got in 1 Nehemiah, uh, verse 3, 4. They said to me, this is people reporting to Nehemiah about Jerusalem, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down. Its gates have been burned with fire. And then he said this, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and I prayed before the God of heaven. First thing, he was moved, okay? Now, um, I think that the thing about being moved is that we can all be moved, all right? So that's, 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 not, that's only part of the message here. He was moved, but he was moved enough, okay, to actually do something. This was the first introduction of Nehemiah. He was moved. Many other people would have been moved by the plight of Jerusalem. Many people would have been moved by thousands of people, tens of thousands being exiled. People would have been moved. They would have been moved by it. Yet he was moved enough to actually do something about it. Okay? Today, when you hear some of the stuff that we've, we've, we've shared today, you will have been moved. My challenge is, have you been moved enough Have you let it actually get in there to move you enough to do something? This was the start of the amazing journey of Nehemiah. So were you moved? He was moved enough. Are you? He was moved enough enough to not think that someone else would do it. Everybody okay with that feeling or is it just me sometimes? Yeah? Wow, that's really big. That's really big. I'm sure loads of other people are going to fill that form in for Gareth today. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yeah? I'm sure someone else is going to go and build, make that cake. I hope someone makes a cake that I'm not going to make a cake, okay? But what I mean is, you look and think, oh, somebody else will do something. Maybe not. Maybe you need to do something. Is that okay, Gaza? You happy with this? You're going to love this, mate. So before you do anything else... You've got to be moved enough to do something. So if you can't get through that, then it's just not going to really do anything. All right? And he's got to do something. So here's the stuff that he needed once he decided he needed to move. Number one, he knew he needed God. Okay? He knew he needed God. Okay? You've got to know that you can't do what God wants you to do without him. Everybody, can I just have an amen here? It's the starting point of anything of God. If you think you can do it on your own, perhaps you should have just done it anyway without God. Because if you do it on your own, you don't need him. Amen? So you need him. I love what Gareth said today about his need for God. You know, we need God. Do you know that you need God? When I think of our mission center that we want to build in the church where we are right now and what we want to do and where we want to go, we know that we need God. Do you live your life knowing you need God? There's your next one. Do you live knowing you can't do it on your own? The second part of this, oh, I love this. He felt the fear, okay? He felt the fear, and he started it anyway, okay? I think this is something that um, I've definitely experienced. I think people sometimes think when you kind of do stuff, um, that you kind of, you're fearless. You know, people often, sort of some of the stuff that I've done over the years, people say, oh, you must be fearless. It's like, shine a light. You want to be there, man. You know, racked with fear. Okay? It's, it's okay to feel the fear. 
If, you, if you're kidding yourself, if, you, if, if you're not aware of what could go wrong by doing something for God, that's just not living real. It's feeling the fear, but doing it anyway. Doing it anyway. Listen to what he said. I was very much afraid. Hallelujah. That's why I like him. He just says how it is. I was very much afraid. But, okay, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Good way of asking. Before you ask for things, by the way, say nice things to people. That's a tip. Why should, yeah, why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed? The king said to me, what is it that you want? Okay. The thing about Nehemiah is that basically he didn't wait for everything to be organized before he did just what he can do. He did not know what to do. So he just did what he could. Maybe that's a word for some of you here today. You don't know what to do. Just do. Just do what you could do. Just begin the journey to do something. He did not know what to do. So he just did what he could. Remember when I started CAP 22 years ago? I didn't really know what to do. But I just did what I could. And what I could do was go out and help a couple of people in Bradford who were in debt. No idea how to do the rest of it. But I just did what I could. I'm still doing just what I could. There's loads of stuff I don't know what to do. But I could just do something. I just did what I could. The fourth thing here. He started with nothing. And here's the key. The main thing is. He started. I feel so many things and dreams and opportunities to experience the kingdom of God are stopped just because people don't start. People don't just start something. Fits in with a being moved enough to start. Maybe there's some people here in the next year, you're going to experience the power of God like you've never experienced it before. You're going to see lives transformed before your very life. Your faith is going to become alive. You're going to see some amazing things. And maybe for all that to happen, all you need to do, yeah, is just start. Just start. Start tomorrow morning praying to God. Carve out 15 minutes to spend some time reading Nehemiah this afternoon. It's only 15 minutes. Maybe that's your, maybe that's your start. Everybody with me? Maybe that's your start. Things start with the smallest of things. But without the smallest of things, they never start. Things need to start. You started with nothing. The main thing is, he just started. He was a leader. Whilst honest about the challenges, he gave enough confidence to people to get people to actually start rebuilding the wall. He spoke of God, of what God had done and the faith that God had given him. Oh, I love this. Again, I like the message version. Often it just brings it alive. Uh, this is kind of, yeah, I always say it's written for everybody in Bradford. It's so good. This is what he said in Nehemiah 2.17. He said this. So he went out and had a check around the city just to check it was as bad as he thought it was. It really was. And then he sat down with everybody and decided to tell them. And he said this. He said, face it, we're in a bad way here. Hallelujah for a confident leader beginning a speech. Love how Gareth started his. It's great. Jerusalem is a wreck. Its gates are burned, are burned up. So live in reality. You know, don't live in a false sense that everything's all right. Okay, because it, 
it probably isn't. Amen? Or is it just me? Okay. But then he goes, but God, he almost says, come, let's build the wall of Jerusalem, not live in this disgrace any longer. I told them how God was supporting me and how the king was backing me up. They said, we're with you. Let's get started. They rolled up their sleeves, ready for the good work. Okay. They rolled up their sleeves. Okay. They just rolled their sleeves up, ready to do whatever needed to be done. And I believe in many ways, that's kind of what we've done here. Um, As a church, we're approaching our 10th year anniversary. Uh, when four of us basically sat in a, a room and basically said, okay, let's, let's go and see what we can do to reach people in our city and build a community church. We didn't know what to do. We were moved by a plight. We just started and we just did what we knew we could just do, which is tell a few people. Nothing dramatic about that. But in these small things, that's where I believe God is. He's in the small acts of move and change and things that you do that no one, no one sees. And we're in the same situation with this mission center. I remember when we first felt we needed something bigger to be able to reach more people and serve our city. And we saw the land and we had no money for the land. But we said we wanted to get the land. And somehow we bought the land. And then we had absolutely no money whatsoever to go and get it prepared and get all the planning permission. But we set out and went and did it. And then somehow we're now going to have the site cleaned in, cleared. And we're going to have all the stuff done in the next few months. And the reason why we've come this far is the same reason why we'll go from here to see it finished. We're not put off by how big it is. We're going to just do what we can do. We're going to believe in God. And we're going to believe that we're going to all roll our sleeves up and get on with it. And when it's finished, the reason why it'll be finished is everybody just rolled the sleeves up and got on with it. Seems so small, yet it's so big. In chapter 3 of Nehemiah, as I move forward here, and this for me is the, is the bit that really excites me about Nehemiah. So the rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem, Nehemiah was the leader who led that. But the thing about the chapter is the real heroes of, of, of Jerusalem being real built are everybody who go joined in. He somehow managed to make everybody believe that they could make a difference. That's what he did. He empowered and empowered them and encouraged them that they could do something. Um, chapter 3, we're going to put it up here. Okay, I was going to read it out, okay? Um, and I was going to do a lot of work to get all the names to be pronounced properly. But I've been a bit busy, so I'm going to do my best. Okay? I'll do it quick. The Jessan Gate was repaired by Johadad, son of Peshiah, and Mesulam, son of Beshodian. I won't carry on, by the way. I'll just go quickly. It goes on and on and on. Just, just, take, just read it. Just read it. It's just a long list of people. See if you can get to the end without sort of glazing over. Have a go. Riveting stuff, isn't it? I read very slowly, so I don't know if we've got near the end. Are we near the end of that one? Okay, let's have another one then. Off you go. Off you go. Read it. Read it. Just please read it. It's important. Read it. 
Okay? Just a long list. By the way, if you really, really want to do something special, read the whole chapter this afternoon. Okay, it's just a long list. So-and-so did this next to this person who did this next to this person. This person did this little bit and this person did this little bit. And this random person did this bit and then they filled this bit in and they did this. It just goes on and on and on. And when you read it, you think, oh dear, surely not a whole two and a half pages of the Bible put down for this lot. Yeah, definitely. Because if you look at it, okay, there's so much in there that speaks to me of what the kingdom of God is really like and what it's really like to take a city for his nation and what it's really like to reach people and really like to make a difference. It's about everyday normal people just like me and you just rolling their sleeves up and doing their little bit alongside other people doing their bit. This is the power that is within this wonderful book of Nehemiah and particularly this chapter. So let's just look at some of the stuff here. Number one. God is interested in the detail. So this is the word of God, empowered by his Holy Spirit, recorded so that we can read of it. So what's in the book, the Bible, is really, really important. All right, It's not just random stuff, it's in for a reason. He's interested in the detail. Verse 6, they laid its beams and put its doors with their bolts and bars in place. It's, it's bonkers. He's interested in nuts and bolts. Because he's interested in nuts and bolts. He's interested in the people who served us this morning and gave us a cup of tea. He's interested. He's interested in that. He's interested. He's interested in the person who's going to go and stitch that cushion up. Is that right? Cushion stitching? Got that one? When he said, can anybody stitch? I thought, you know, it's like a medical thing you wanted us all to get involved in. God's interested in the detail, okay? He's interested in what you do. He's also aware of what you don't do. And his grace is sufficient, hallelujah, yeah? But it's in the detail. He's interested in the detail. It's nuts and bolts. It's ironmongery. Oh, I'm always encouraged by this one line. It says to me that God sees what you're doing. And your very little, seemingly insufficient, is vital to the overall effect of what we come up with. And it's the same here in the light. The second thing is people did what was needed. I love this bit, they, not what they were necessarily trained or mad about doing. Okay, I love this bit in the midst of this. So verse 8, it says this, One of the goldsmiths repairs the next section, and Hahanahai, one of the perfume makers, okay, made repairs next to that. Let's be honest, okay, a goldsmith in those days is used to working with really intricate pieces of metal, right? And a perfumer, okay, is dealing with the intricate smell of different herbs and flowers put together. Amen. Okay, well, they went and picked up big, fat rocks. Okay? And shoveled concrete. Yeah? They didn't do what they were necessarily trained to do. They didn't do what they necessarily wanted to do. They didn't wait for their natural life calling of being a perfume maker to happen and be part of building a wall. Okay? They just did what was asked of them. They did what was in front of them because it was in front of them. Everybody okay with this stuff? They didn't wait for something that, well, I'm just waiting to the, you know, my, you know, my, my heart is to do this and I'm waiting for this perfect thing to do. By the way, if you end up doing something that your heart's for that's perfect in the kingdom of God, give yourselves a cheer. Hallelujah. We'll enjoy it. Yeah? But most of the time, it's doing stuff that just needs doing. Amazing. Amazing. Amazing what they did. And it's same here in the light. People just get stuck in. They just get stuck in. They do what is needed to be done. Hospitality, kids work, food, supporting families. 
Somebody's got to make sure the words come up. Somebody's got to make sure the sound works. Somebody's got to open the door. Somebody's got to look after the kids. Somebody's got to be in the food bank. Somebody's got, to vi- somebody's got to do something and people just doing what needs to be done. It's powerful. It's powerful. And it means nobody, nobody is excluded from the overall sense of what God is doing. So people get involved in it and people enjoy it. Number three, rulers, leaders and princesses did what's needed. Um, verse nine, Raphael, the son of her ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section. Yeah, he was the son of a ruler. He was a prince. He was a king in waiting. He just got stuck in. Yeah. Leaders just get stuck in. Just do what needs to be done. He says their princesses got stuck in. I once preached on this and got into trouble. I'll just be a little bit careful. Um, we don't need any princesses in the building. Everybody okay with that? We're all alright with that? We'll just got away with it, I think. I don't mean that as in princesses female and princesses male I just mean general princesses all of us none of us need to be princesses or prima donnas amen just do what needs to be done and get on with it yeah it's great it levels it shows other people it inspires others to get stuck in number four there's a bit of edgy stuff in this as well not everybody got stuck in okay so let's just say how it is because it's recorded not everybody got stuck in, it says in verse 5. The next section repaired by the men of Tekoa. But their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors. So this is people who wouldn't put their, sh- their shoulders to the work. They just wouldn't do it. I don't, you know, they wouldn't do it. It's their choice. Nobles would not be told what to do to get involved. And this isn't just about people who are leaders. This is anybody. Just wouldn't. I'm just not going to get involved. And the truth is they missed it. I have no doubt that when it was all finished... I think they'd regret they didn't get stuck in. They might have been in the crowd celebrating, but would they really have been celebrating alongside the people who really worked hard and really put their shoulder to it? The people who were willing to listen to others and do what others said. How would they have shared in the joy? Now, God's grace is sufficient, and we all benefit from what everybody does. That is true. But to really enjoy something... You've really got to get stuck in. You've got to play your part. And I believe that's where the joy of community is, doing it together. Number five, they faced opposition. Okay, so Sam Ballot, by the way, means sin leads to life. So his name was a lie. There are some theological sense around this guy, his name and who he was, but it's pretty close to an explanation of yeah, some form of demonic manifestation. Some ballot. It means sin leads to life. So he'd be named a lie. So it's quite a, his name is quite a big deal. Can you imagine if you were called sin leads to life? So if your name was a complete lie, because sin doesn't lead to life. So just check in. Everybody okay with that? Okay, Jesus leads to life. Amen? And his grace leads to life. So his, name's a, his name is a lie. It says, when Sam Ballot heard this, they were building the walls. He became angry and greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews in the presence of his associates, the army of Samaria. So there's a big army after this lot as well, by the way. There's a massive army after stopping and rebuilding the, gate, rebuilding the walls. Massive forces raged against Nehemiah and a few blokes and people working together to rebuild the wall. This is a big force against him. These guys were extremely powerful. 
And they ridiculed them. What are these feeble Jews doing? They will, will they restore the walls? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from the heaps of rubble, burned as they are? And Tobiah, the Ammonite, lovely sidekick, who was at his side, said, what they are building, even the fox climbing on it, will break down the walls of stones. They were, they were incensed and they were ridiculed, okay? People spoke against it. People said it wouldn't happen, okay? And their reaction was, we're just going to carry on anyway. You know, when opposition comes to you, when you step out and things don't work like you think they should, when you think they should, how you think you should, when people are not as encouraging as you think they should, when people don't do what you would like them to do, and when other people do stuff against you, people say things, and all this opposition comes. Oh my gosh, we should be a people who should be able to take that on the chin and just carry on. Amen? Man, if I'd have stopped at the beginning of my walk with God and my walk with Cap because of what some people said against me. Oh my gosh, nothing. I just carried on. And so can you. You know, we need to be a bit more, come on. Come on. Is that all right? Is everybody okay here? Only five more minutes. I know we've been going on. But do you know what I mean? Come on. Come on. Oh, well, you know, somebody said this really bad thing against me. I know. Be like building all my nails gone. I can't do this. Male and female nails, by the way. I'm not just... Okay, everybody all right? Oh, come on. Seriously, the power of Jesus Christ is within you. A little bit of discouragement and a bit of uncomfortableness. This whole thing about doing stuff that we don't want to do. Man, it's a gift of life we should be embracing. Well, I don't want to do that. Oh, come on. Man, there's loads of stuff I don't want to do. Man, if I only did the stuff I wanted to do, it'd be a boring life, you know? Well, I don't really want to do that. It doesn't really fit in. Yes, of course. That's the whole reason. Yes? Come on. Sorry. Right, keep going, Johnny boy. Running out of time. Man, I tell you, I've got such a series on this. I might write a book. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) They prayed and carried on regardless. I'm skipping loads couple of bits numbers i don't know if i've even can you go through the prayed and carried on regardless yeah we've got that next one okay all right a little bit of i decided to be brave and speak about this okay everybody relax i'm not speaking about here but i'm just want to there's a point in this that's really important not about the opposition within but about what it is to join in Chapter 4 continues. Meanwhile, the people in Judea said, The strength of the laborers is giving out, and there is so much rubble we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, our enemies said, Before they know it, before they know it or see us, we'll be right there amongst them and we'll kill them and put the end of their work. Then the Jews who live nearby came and told them, Ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Oh, hallelujah for that encouragement from our fellow. Yeah? Like, not just once. So these are other Jews. They're trying to rebuild the city for other Jews. And other Jews come and say, it's not going to happen. Not once. Ten times. Ten times. I have been told a few times that the mission center is unlikely to get built because of the scale of the endeavor. Okay? So what? I'm not listening to people telling me what's not happening. And I've found this as universally true. You know the people who are involved in something? The people who are giving to something? The people who are serving something? The people who believe in it? They're not the people who tell you it won't get done. Being excluded for something opens a door for your lack of faith to be expressed to other people. But if you're involved in something, by the fact that you're involved in it, you're believing in it. 
Another reason to be involved. Another reason to get stuck in. Because it binds us together and it builds faith and we believe that it's going to be completed. Who, like me, actually believes we are going to walk through the door of this amazing generational transformation mission center in this city? Who believes that with me? Come on. I'm not going to do the other show of hands, by the way. And who doesn't? I'm get you to the front and pray over you in Jesus' name. Okay, I've done about half of it, but I think that's the best half, so we'll stop there. Let me finish on this, okay? Because one of the things when um, I got a chance to, uh, to be able to preach on this, and maybe there's another time we can do a little bit more, because there's so much. Read it, read it. I kind of sat down before I did it, and I wanted to know why near, I kind of made myself think, having done it for years and read it inside out over and over again and preached on it many times, I just thought, no, Lord, help me see a little bit more. So I asked and spent some time. What are the reasons? What are the ultimate reasons? Okay, why I believe Nehemiah, Nehemiah is my hero of the faith. And, and yeah, here's a summary of all I would have said, including some I has. So here we go. Number one, okay, he cared enough to do something. Okay. Remember at the beginning I said maybe there's one of these? Do you want to just get your phones out now? Open them. Open your notes up and have a look and I'm going to go down this list. And maybe, maybe there's one of these is for you this morning. Maybe one of these is for you this morning, okay? Maybe one of these by his Holy Spirit kind of goes in and you go, do you know what? That's speaking to me. So first of all, do you care enough? Do you care enough to do something, okay? Enough to do something. Do you care enough to actually do something? Do you care enough to do something? If you do, write that one down. You can have one or more. He knew he needed God. Do you know that you need God? This morning, do you know how much you need God? Do you know how much you need him right now, next week, in your life? Do you know that you know how much you need God? Okay. I do my best to remind myself every day, okay? And if I don't, someone possibly will remind me how much I need God every day. Do you need him? He knew he needed God. He started. He did what he could do, and he had faith. Have you? Will you? Do you? Will you start? We do what you can do, and we have some faith. Oh, my gosh. Faith is being certain of a future hope for, as yet unseen. If you can see it, it's not faith. Okay? Faith is being certain of a future, as yet not seen. Come on, let's have some faith. He inspired others to get involved and share in the joy. Are you inspiring others to get involved by what you do? Are you challenging friends? Come on, let's do some stuff. And sharing the joy. Don't miss sharing the joy of the advancement of the kingdom of God. Amen? Just don't. Oh my gosh, come on. Come on. Sharing it, man. He carried on regardless of what others said. Oh, hallelujah. Amen? That doesn't mean I don't listen to wise counsel. And it doesn't mean that we're not open to other people's ideas. And it doesn't mean all that good stuff. Everybody all right with that? It just means that I'm not really going to listen to other people. I'm going to listen to God, and I'm going to listen to his spirit, and I'm going to let that be my proactive 
sense of what I'm about. Amen? Okay? It doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt when people say the wrong things. It doesn't mean it's not difficult. And it doesn't mean you don't feel the fear. And it doesn't mean you're anxious. And it doesn't mean all that stuff. That's all, that's all there. But I won't live my life at where other people think I should. I'm going to do what God's asked me to do. I'm going to do it the best I can. Okay? He achieved something for God and gave God the glory. Amen? And obviously, it's interesting today when, yeah, obviously, I didn't know I was, yeah, when I agreed to preach on this one. Um, but what I'm on about here is, um, yeah, you know, I've got, uh, yeah, so it's, it's Johnny Boy from Bradford CBE. But let me tell you, I got as much joy on Friday in front of 100 people celebrating James's debt-free and celebrating his life finding Christ and celebrating what's happened in his family and celebrating the generational change and celebrating him. That's the achievement. Amen? Achievement is in lives transformed through you. Amen? That's the achievement stuff. So achieve something. Achieve something in someone's life. That's where the achievement is. And then when you do, give him all the glory. Because on your own, hallelujah, you're great. But you with God is a power, a power to be reckoned with. And here's the last couple. Others benefited, he helped the poor. What a great Sunday to speak that one out for us as a light church. You've just heard so much good stuff here this morning. Praise God. That this church reflects so much of me at Nehemiah. I read Nehemiah, by the way, hugely encouraged about the light church. It kind of fires me up again. Come on, we're doing all right. We're doing okay. God is with us. We're making progress. It's not all excellent and brilliant and all fantastic. Just before you send me the email, I know. Or send me one, it's fine. I'm quite happy. And look, there, at the end of the day, the kingdom of God was ushered in. Come on, you need to be involved in ushering the kingdom of God in. And not only are you going to be doing that, you start working for the kingdom of God and do what God's asked you to do. Amen? Okay, let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. I pray people will write some stuff down and this word, your spirit, your testimony of Nehemiah, Lord, would speak to us today. And I pray that we would go from this place changed by your Holy Spirit, challenged by your Holy Spirit, covered by the grace of the Holy Spirit, knowing that you love us deeply, that we can earn nothing of your acceptance and forgiveness. And Father, we ask you to help us in all our endeavors to see your kingdom come here in this city. Amen. Great. Okay, we need to go and get the kids as quick as we can. Grab a coffee. Okay, go and give yourselves a clap first. Stay until 10 past 12. That's great. Okay. Grab a coffee. Prayer here. We're done.